Two years ago, Corey Seager signed a massive deal to be the face of the Texas Rangers franchise, and in 2023, he cemented his status as an all-time Rangers great. On today's show, we're breaking down what went right for him this season and why it meant so much more than just some stats on the page. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a crippledly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked on Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into Corey Seager's absolutely fantastic 2023 season. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, Corey Seager is coming off an absolutely phenomenal season with the Texas Rangers, and there are so many ways to look at it to break it down. I want to just kind of start with the baseline numbers because that's what I was trying to to get a hold on just because that's that's the way we make sense of baseball is is in numbers but let, let's go ahead and before we get into the numbers let's look at all the awards that Corey Seager won this year because there there were a lot not not enough for my opinion but um still a very hefty chunk of hardware heading to Corey Seager's display case um in his home or wherever he keeps all of his awards he finished second AL MVP voting he was an all-star yet again this year he was a silver slugger he was a gold glove finalist he was the June 5th AL player of the week and he is a World Series MVP an absolute legend for the Texas Rangers for all time. There was a lot of talk about Corey Seager when he signed in at 2021. It was, oh, okay, uh, he's going to go play for this bum Rangers team, signed a 10-year deal, $325 million. I mean, this guy has had some some injury issues. He's been, you know, he's. I don't know if he's going to be a shortstop. I don't know if he's going to do this, that, and the other. And, well, the Rangers said, yeah, no, he is going to be the face of our franchise. And this year, he really really endeared himself into the hearts and minds and souls of Rangers fans forever, not only with his play on the field, but also with that comment, that spicy comment of, I guess we'll never know, on the World Series championship after the championship parade, giving his speech to Rangers fans. Just an all-time heroic legend moment. Build the statue for him tomorrow. I'm pretty sure the statue, he is going to get a statue. I mean, he has just cemented himself into that kind of a player for the Rangers. I mean, you sign that much of a deal, you're either going to be a hero or you're going to be a villain forever with the franchise. And after this, he is an absolute hero. But let's look into the numbers and the projections of what he was expected to do this season. Because last year, his first year with the Rangers, he was an all-star, kind of snuck in there into the all-star team with an incredible month or a couple of weeks in, in June, really, to cement himself as an injury replacement all-star. But still, an all-star nonetheless. That was the third time in his career. This was the fourth Year. And this year, there was absolutely no doubt he was going to be an all-star and going to be an all-star starter because he was the best shortstop in the American League and the best shortstop in all of baseball and just one of the best players in all of baseball. 
But coming off of a season with the Rangers where he did set a career high in home runs, did hit very well at Globe Life Field, and didn't hit nearly as well everywhere else, and was fairly healthy the first time he had played 150 games since his rookie year back in 2016, the expectations were, okay, he's probably going to be a little bit better. He's probably going to have a slightly better season. Having no shift on him will be probably lead to an uptick in his offensive numbers, and the projections around were not great. I mean, according to Zips, which is a Fangraphs uh, projection system, they expected him to have a slash line this year of 270, 343, 473, an 816 OPS, 25 homers, 81 ribbies, 87 runs, um, 32 doubles, uh, a couple of triples, a couple of stolen bases, and they expected about 216 or 616 plate appearances, which he did not quite get to, um, even for the full season, if you add in all the playoff run. Actually, no, add in the playoff run, he was at 618, so almost right on the money there. But still, it felt like that was really low for Corey Seager, because all of his expected numbers, everything you know around him heading into this season, even after last year, where the numbers weren't great, I mean, he hit 245, which was a career low, on base of 317, which was you know nearly 40 points below his career average at that point, and a 772 OPS, which was the second lowest of his career outside of only 2018, where he only played in 26 games that year and was hurt. But still, it, it kind of felt like it was a little bit disrespectful to Corey Seager, the player that he is. The Rangers knew that he could be. And this year, those numbers just absolutely blew everyone out of the water. In the regular season, he finished with 116 games, 536 plate appearances, a 327, 390, 630, 623 uh, slash line, a 1,013 OPS, a career high tying 33 home runs, 42 doubles, not quite his career high, just a couple of off of his 2019 campaign. Uh, also had 96 runs batted in, 6.9 baseball reference war, a 6.1 fan graphs war, 170 OPS plus, 169 one created run, weighted runs created plus. Just absolutely historic. And, and where those numbers rank in terms of single season for the Rangers, in terms of his uh, baseball reference where that was tied for the 10th best season by any position player in Rangers franchise history, this is just the regular season in 116 games because, you know, he missed 46 games with a hamstring strain and a thumb sprain on two different occasions. And just the counting stats alone with those 116 games are absolutely insane. Um, but if you look at his batting average at 327, that was 11th best in Rangers franchise history. On base of 390 is 25th best. Slugging percentage of 623, tied for sixth best. A 1,013 OPS was 15th or fifth best in franchise history. Those 42 doubles, 13th best. 42 doubles in 119 games in the regular season is absolutely insane. And of the many things that he did that were insane this year, I feel like that kind of goes under the radar that he led the American League in doubles while missing, you know, nearly a third of the season. Just absolutely nuts. And um, by the way, his 170 OPS plus tied for the third best in Rangers franchise history. Now, it wasn't just the regular season that Corey Seager was amazing. He was also fantastic in the postseason. In 17 postseason games, he had 82 plate appearances, 21 hits, 15 walks, one hit by pitch, 45 total bases. He had a 318 batting average, a 451 on base, and a 682 slugging percentage, an 1133 OPS. Six home runs in the postseason also uh, was just an absolute beast walking so many times a, an 
oh my gosh, this was this is the part that that drove me like made me go absolutely insane. The first couple rounds, the on base was just so insane because the Orioles just refused to throw him hittable pitches. He had a 7.33 OPS in those three games in the ALDS and a 700 on base against in the two games against the uh, Tampa Bay. Just absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts what he did. In the World Series, he had three home runs, six RBIs, three walks, a 286, 375, 762 slash line, 1137 OPS for him in the World Series in those five games where he won the Texas Rangers their first ever World Series crown. Now, if you look at the combined total numbers on all, if you combine the postseason and the regular season, those 133 games for him, um, he had a slash line of 326, 388, 6. 30, a 1018 OPS, 48 doubles, 108 RBIs, 39 home runs for him, combining all of those games. Just an absolutely staggering season where he was just remarkably consistent. He'd never had a down spell. I mean, it was just, it was maybe 10 days at most was, was the time where Corey Seager would go into a quote unquote slump. And I think that's one of the most impressive things for me about Corey Seager this year is that, you know, he'd have some down like weeks, like literally like a week where he'd be, you know, not great. But he had, I think, one stretch where he had multiple games like or a three game stretch where he didn't have a hit like this entire season, which is just absolutely nuts how consistent this guy was. I mean, the lowest OPS for a month he had uh, was September and October of the regular season, 29 games, an 855 OPS. Every other month outside of May, he had an OPS over 1,000. That's just nuts. That is an insane level of consistency of of you know exactly what you're getting from your superstar. That is an extremely important part of Corey Seager's success is that Every single time out, looking back through the regular season, there weren't a whole lot of like individual games where I was like, wow, Corey Seager just went nuts there. It was just like, oh, here is a three-week stretch where he hit like 400. Here is a two-week stretch where he hit like 450. And here's a month where he had you know 10 home runs in the month of August, 24 games, 10 home runs. Absolutely bonkers how good this guy is. Coming up, we're going to look at some of the best top five playoff moments from him, where the season ranks in franchise history, and where he ranks among Texas Rangers greats after this legendary season, right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can go bet on maybe Corey Seager repeating a season like this and maybe ending up being the AL MVP, winning his first ever MVP trophy in the regular season. He's got a couple of World Series MVPs that I'm sure he likes, but if you're looking at those odds, I'm sure they've got um, decent ones for him on FanDuel. So go check it out. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Shout out to the everydayers for making Lockdown Raiders your first listen every single day on tomorrow's show. I'll be breaking down Marcus Simeon's season, how good it was, how it stacks up in Rangers franchise history. And again, if he is having, if he had one of the greatest seasons in Rangers franchise history, which spoiler alert, he absolutely did. Now let's look at the five best playoff moments from Corey Seager during this World Series championship run. Start with number five. This is one that uh, was a little bit under the radar. This was in the ALCS game three. He had a third inning, or excuse me, game four, a third inning game tying home run off of Jose Urquidy. This was a moment where the Rangers were down three to two. And this is a game that was still very much in the balance. This was game four. I believe that was the bullpen game with uh, the Heaney Dunning combination. And at this point, it was still very much, you know, in question. It was very much in the balance. Um, the Rangers still had a 2-1 lead on the series at this point. Their hearts had not been ripped out by Jose Altuve, and they were still feeling very good about their chances, especially when you get a game-tying home run from Corey Seager. All, all of his home runs in the postseason were were very meaningful home runs. A lot of them were game-tying or, or go-ahead home runs, almost all of them, I believe, um, except for out of out of the six, I believe only two of them were were neither game tying nor go ahead home runs because Corey Seager, all he does is come up in the clutch. But this is a huge moment in a game that you know it ended up not going the Rangers' way, but it's still one that was you know very much in the balance. And Corey Seager coming up huge, another huge hit, another huge home run in the postseason at Globe Life Field. He has hit a bajillion of them, and he will hopefully hit a bajillion more in his Rangers career. Definitely a top five moment for me um, and one that I think gets underrated and overlooked because I was looking through every single one of his home runs and I was like, oh, I don't really remember this one. And I was like, oh, wait, this is a really big home run. And because the Rangers lost, we just kind of all purge it from our minds. But this is a huge, huge moment for him and a just a really another great example of how big Corey Seager comes up in the big moments for the Rangers, especially during this playoff run. Number four moment for me, this is the only defensive highlight on his highlight reel for me. I mean, there were a couple of pretty good plays, but this was a really, really crucial one. This was in game three of the World Series. It was tied 1-1, and it was still very much in the balance. It was Rose Chapman on the hill, Cattell Marte at the plate. Cattell Marte in the regular season had hit a game-tying home run off of Rolls Chapman in that game where Jordan Montgomery was in Arizona and pitched eight shutout innings. Rangers leading 1-0, and Cattell Marte hit a game-tying homer in a game where the Rangers were losing extras in Arizona. So I still always had that in the back of my mind when he came on to face Aroles Chapman, and Marte was incredibly hot, and he stung the crap out of this baseball. This was a ball that was hit very hard off of Aroles Chapman. The Rangers were up 3-1 to one at this point, and Corey Seager makes a great play to range to his left, backhanded throw to, Corey, to Marcus Simeon, who finishes off the double play. Rangers get out of that inning, and... <laughs> Aroldis Chapman gets out of a jam. Jose Leclerc comes on, finishes it off. But this was a crucial, crucial moment because if that ball gets by, then you start to worry. Oh, boy. You got runners on first and second. You got one out. You got Aroldis Chapman on the hill. And he is a – the Aroldis Chapman experience is very, very wild. But turning this double play, there were a lot of key double plays the Rangers turned late in this postseason. I'm thinking of also the one in game – one of the ALDS that Josh Young helped turn to get Aroles Chapman out of another jam. Um, there was also the double play that Evan Carter made in left field with Jose Altuve not touching back up. I believe it was game two of the ALCS, but this was a huge moment from Corey Seager, who is a solid defensive shortstop, not not a, a you know 
unplayable guy out there by any means. Not even really, you know, bad. He's solid, and he's one of the best hitters on the planet. So if you can keep him at shortstop, shortstop for a few years more, which I think the Rangers most definitely will, he will still come up with some big plays like this. His defense, very underrated part of his game. Not the best part of his game, but still a definitely a useful part of his skill set. Number three, the top three top five most important playoff moments or my favorite playoff moments from Corey Seager is the two run homer in game three of the world series off of Brendan fought to go up three, nothing in the third inning. This was a, uh, one of my favorite types of, of home runs is when the pitcher and, and the catcher and, and everybody has a mound visit right ahead of, of the facing the batter. And you say, okay, well, here's our strategy to course. Here's how we're going to pitch. And we're going to throw this kind of pitch here. And, you know, if we get behind the count, we're going to go to this. If we go get ahead of the count, we're going to go to this because he's susceptible to this. And Corey Seager has done this to several pitchers this postseason where they have a mound visit. And then he hits a homer off of them first pitch. It is literally one of my favorite things. It's like, oh, you guys ha- took all that time, discussed all that strategy, just to give up the worst possible outcome. That's hilarious. That's objectively hilarious. And it was a big moment in the game as well. The Rangers were only up one nothing at that point, made it a 3 nothing game, and the Rangers would need most of those runs. I believe it was a 3-1 victory. It ended up in the end. Um, but a big, a big momentum builder. This was one of the few home runs that he hit that was not a game-tying or go-ahead home run, but this kind of felt like it was the one that put the game on ice. There was another home run that did not make this list. The only other one that was not game tying or go ahead was um, in game four when he made it a five run game, a five nothing game, as opposed to a three nothing game really kind of took it from, Oh, this is kind of a close game to, all right, we got a little bit more cushion to breathe. Um, that really made that game a blow up, but this was a huge home run. Uh, Brandon fought had done very, very well um, earlier in his postseason, And even, even that game was, was mostly pretty solid, um, but still was not enough to take down Texas Rangers was not enough. No mound visit was enough to get the best of Corey Seager. Number two moment in this postseason run, my favorites from Corey Seager, was the Game 7 home run against Houston. It was made it a one nothing game at that point. He was the second batter of the game, really set the tone and, you know, high-fived the crap out of Tony Beasley on the way back and, and jumped into the, jumped basically into his teammates' arms in the dugout, just screaming and fired up the most emotion we had seen out of Corey Seager, who was at that point still basically a baseball robot to us. A very efficient, very well-programmed baseball robot, but a robot nonetheless who did not show a whole lot of emotion in his time with the Rangers to that point. But that was a moment where he said, all right, I'm putting this team on my back. Let's go. Let's ride. We're up one nothing, and we are going to get even more. It was, I think it was Robbie Grossman who, who talked about after the game, after game seven was like, that was basically in 11 run solo homer because after we saw Corey Seager get that fired up, it fired everybody else up to, you know, finish it off to finish Houston off and go off to the world series with a blowout game seven win, just a huge moment for him. A guy with so many clutch home runs for the Rangers in this postseason run. But that one is, is definitely way up there as one of my favorites. And um, yeah, the number one moment, it's a really, it's a really tough choice for my favorite playoff moment from Corey Seager, but, but no, Obviously, it is the game-tying home run in the ninth inning off of Paul Seawald of World Series Game 1. Rangers trailing 5-3 to three at this point. Leo Tavares works a leadoff walk. Marcus Simeon strikes out. Then, on the first pitch, Paul Seawald 
says, well, this is my bread and butter. This has gotten almost everybody out that I, I face off against. I can throw this high fastball with its crazy spin rate, and most people can't get to it. But Corey Seager, like he proved all year and throughout his entire baseball career, is not most people. He is not most hitters. He is exceptional. He is sensational. He can do things that people cannot do. It is just one of one. Just Corey Seager is like this. And to hit that home run in that moment, to have that legendary scream of knowing exactly the second it left his bat, the millisecond it left his bat, this game's tied. Let's go. We're going to win this. We're going to win the whole thing. We're going to jump out to a one nothing lead in the World Series in terms of you know games. But just an all-time great moment. Probably the best moment right up there. Adolis' home run, walk-off home run and that home run. Both of those are just like 1A, 1B. It's literally just personal preference. They're both incredible, and I refuse to rank one ahead of the other. Both absolutely exceptional moments. Some of the greatest moments in Rangers, the two greatest moments in Rangers franchise history. Tied in my hearts because that game was tied, and then it was no longer tied after the walk-off home run by Adolis Garcia. Coming up, we're going to look at some of the big regular season moments, where this season ranks in Rangers franchise history, and some other under-the-radar moments from his World Series run. Right after this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the everyday for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day on Wednesday's show. I'll be reviewing Adolis Garcia's season, where it ranks among the greatest seasons in Rangers franchise history and reliving some of those incredible playoff moments because Corey Seager is an amazing playoff player and Adolis Garcia had some pretty darn good moments as well. Now let's look at some of these honorable mentions for my favorite moments from Corey Seager's playoff run that hit that turn that Jose Siri turned two errors on one play into several runs for the Rangers in, I believe that was the second game of the wild card series against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay just kind of really unraveled the Rays and that was a a real sign of oh this this Rangers team is is about to go on a heater they are not the same team that finished game 162 they are different they are at the best version of themselves and the second of what was it nine straight road playoff wins just absolutely maybe it's 11 I think it was 11 straight road playoff wins which is just absolutely bonkers but also his five Corey Seager's five walk game in ALDS game two the Baltimore Orioles just absolutely refused to pitch to Corey Seager and it could have been a six walk game had he not expanded the zone I'm sure out of pure frustration of these guys are not giving me a pitch to hit and everybody else is jumping in on the action the Rangers scored 11 runs that game and Corey Seager didn't have a hit that's nuts that's absolutely nuts but it shows the kind of hitter that he is, and it shows the overall trust in his teammates and the offensive game plan in general. And that was the you know signature moment, I think, for me of, okay, this offense is really, it really is that lineup. Like, these are those guys, and that is um, an incredible offense of, all right, you're not going to pitch to Corey Seager? Cool. Nathaniel Lowe will beat you, or Mitch Garver will beat you, or... Adolis Garcia will beat you, or Josh Young, or you know Leo Tavares, or Mitch, Go- or Jonah Heim, or or occasionally Evan Carter as well. Didn't matter who was behind Corey Seager because he trusted the guys behind him. That was a huge, huge moment. And then another 
last underrated moment from Corey Seager's World Series run was that ALDS Game 3 homer. Put the Rangers on the board, set the tone. Everyone thought, well, you know, the Orioles have never been swept since Edley Rutschman got up to the big leagues. And Corey Seager said, yeah, we're ending that streak now. This is this is the ended up being, I believe, the game winning hit because the Rangers only needed one run because they shut out the Orioles in game three in route to the sweep. Just another sign of Corey Seager's like, all right, you throw me like one pitch to hit all series. I'm going to take it yard. Absolutely massive home run and incredibly far hit all of his home runs were incredibly hard hit and and very very far into the right field seats no opposite field home runs for him this postseason run but you know what it's fine he's a pull hitter he's very good at pulling baseball and he's not going to change because he is one of if not the best hitters in all of major league baseball now some season some regular season big moments that stand out to me the grand slam that he hit in baltimore um and in route to chasing grayson rodriguez from the game that was basically the home run that sent grayson rodriguez to the minors helped him you know throughout his career or progress his career a little bit better in the minors work out some things and came back um, to the big leagues a much better pitcher so i think that grayson rodriguez should maybe Send Corey Seager a thank you note for hitting that grand slam off of him. Also, the June 10th game against Tampa Bay, uh, he had, um, it was the only, I believe the only game that they won in Tampa Bay during the regular season. He had a five-hit game, four RBIs, a home run, a double, and just a massive singular game. Also, the entire month of August for Corey Seager was just bonkers. Those 24 games where he had a slash line of 337, 407, 704, and 1111 OPS, 10 home runs, and six doubles in just 24 games. It was just absolutely insane. It was one of two months that he had an over 1100 OPS. Also, the month of July, he had an 11, 1129 OPS, which was his highest single month of the regular season. That was only in 16 games, though. But man, Corey Seager, if not for Corey Seager in August, the Rangers were in such a rough way in August. And if not for Mitch Garver and Corey Seager going absolutely bananas in August, especially in that back half when everything was just falling apart, the Rangers might never pulled out of that skit. He was such a huge part of pulling them out of the dumps in the late months of the season, keeping them on track, keeping them in a playoff spot and eventually getting them to the playoffs and then willing them throughout the playoffs. Now, that those were the main regular season moments that stood out to me of a great regular season. Just again, the consistency of Corey Seager, the, you know, everyday, not necessarily the most flashy, um, but just every day, every at bat, every type of pitch, every single way you can try and attack Corey Seager as a hitter. There was just literally nothing you could do. The thing that I think really illustrates this of how good he was at hitting basically literally every single type of pitch is you, the the three different categories that they, they break it down of, of types of pitches on StatCast, uh, on um, Baseball Savant. Against fastballs, he hit 315 um, with a 647 slugging, 18 home runs. Um, he had over 300 against every of these three different types of categories of pitches. Breaking balls, fastballs, off-speed stuff. He hit them all incredibly well. He hit them all for power. He caught on base against those pitches. He did everything with every single type of pitch. There's not a single pitch that he faced that he had a negative run value against this year. Not a single one. Not even the, you know, slurves or sweepers or fork balls. He only saw one knuckleball 
all season. It was literally on the last day, I believe it was George Kirby that, that threw that knuckleball against him in the final game of the season. But still, this is an all-time great season. I think it's, I don't know if by far the greatest single season in Ranger franchise history because, you know, Marcus Simeon and Adoles Garcia were also way up there. But for me, this is number one. This is the most impressive season that single season any Texas Rangers ever had. Ever. Bar none. More so than Josh Hamilton's exceptional 2010 season. More so than Pudge Rodriguez's 1999 MVP season. More than any MVP season from Alex Rodriguez. Not to diminish what he did. But the Rangers didn't win their first ever World Series in franchise history with A-Rod. They did it with Corey Seager. And for that reason, he has to jump on to the Mount Rushmore of Rangers players. At least for me, I feel like for most fans, he has jumped way up there. And with what he did in the playoffs, and with his comments after the playoffs, of just giving that heartfelt speech to Rangers fans, being petty, having that little moment, being the World Series MVP, unleashing that primal scream after the greatest home run, one of the greatest home runs ever hit in Rangers franchise history. It's just, it turned him from baseball mercenary to Texas Rangers legend forever. He's not just some guy who signed a $325 million contract. I mean, the only part of, you know, bought or, you know, built, not bought, you know, championship nonsense that other haters are talking about because, you know, they're mad that their team didn't spend a bunch of money and get a bunch of good players. But there is a little bit of something to be said for the homegrown players of guys who you've watched that your team draft and develop and turn into stars under your eyes. Whereas it's sometimes a little bit harder to find that emotional attachment to a guy who just signs there in free agency. Granted, there is agency there. That player is choosing to play for your team. The team, the guy who's drafted and developed is not choosing that team. He is put in that situation and, you know, he'll learn to love and embrace the fan base. But I think there's something a little bit special about, you know, Corey Seager seeing where this team was two years ago and saying, I want to be a part of that. I want to help win the first championship in this franchise's history. I want to give that generational moment to this fan base. I want them to have that happiness and I want to win a championship here. And I want to win it again and again and again. And I think he's definitely going to get his chance. This is just an incredible season by an incredible player. I think he is the best hitter in Rangers franchise history, just in terms of pure hitting ability, the ability to adjust to any type of pitch in any location and hit it all for power, hit it all exactly where he wants, be a shortstop and be this good. And, you know, the great thing about, the Rangers winning it all this year. One of the million great things, because there's literally a million things that are great, is that anyone who wants to nitpick the the details of Corey Seager's contract, of, oh, well, you know, he's got, you know, seven more seasons at this. He's going to be, you know, 38 years old and making $32 million. Is he going to be worth it then? Yes. Absolutely yes. 100,000 times over, yes. He is worth every single penny of his contract, even if his leg falls off tomorrow and he never plays another baseball game for the Texas Rangers. All-time worth it. $325 million for a championship? That kind of championship? Yeah. Cut the check. Cut the check and let me sign it if I had $325 million to give to a baseball player. I would give it to Corey Seager 
over and over and over again. This is the best single season by any Texas Ranger in franchise history. It came in the greatest single season for the entire franchise, and he was a massive, massive part of it. Corey Seager, all-time Texas Rangers legend forever. Not just a baseball robot, but our beloved baseball champion. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball.